We're right by the river, and there are people jumping into the river off of a big rock. <laughs> yeah. So if you hear that, sorry about it. There's a real deep pool over there, and I was actually uh, having a beer last night by the river, and there were all these fish jumping out of that pool, so that's where I'll be fishing this evening. So we went the other day when, I don't know where you were, but I went down there and I saw these two kids uh -huh. with a super long garden hose and a... Um, and an, like a paddleboard pump. Yeah. And one of them, they had- No way, they were like yeah. snorkeling down Yeah, it? they had a snorkel attached to the end and then they had the paddleboard pump on the other side. So you would like pump, pump, rest, uh -huh. so that the person underwater could t like get the cadence of their <laughs> this breath. This is wild. <laughs> so I got in and did it. No and way. It was wild, man, because you could stay under. The deeper you got, the, um, like it got, it got harder to breathe because uh -huh. of the pressure, I guess. That's, that's um, but it was pretty incredible, Dude, and they, it worked really well. We need to we need to figure that out. Yeah, it was so. You, ha cool. you have your own diving apparatus from yeah. uh, and it's hand cranked. That's incredible. Yeah, it was really really cool. I tried to get the GoPro down there, but the water was already cold. And trying to manage that's like a whole nother level on top of cold dip is trying to manage your breathing cadence to oh. a guy that's on land pumping. <laughs> And then be in freezing cold water trying to like look at fish. It was, You're it was like, there, hard. there's a high margin for things to go bad. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a redneck good time. All right. So, episode three. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Brian's truck, which is the coolest taco, and um, all the benefits and drawbacks of truck camping and what he would change in his path in doing so. What else? Um, oh, also the different builds that I've been through. Right. Because I've gone through three different uh, different builds scenarios in the truck of different ways to live. And I'm, I just settled on a new one that I just built. And cool. so that we could talk about that too. Do you want to, where do you want to start? Um, I think just letting everybody know the basics of the truck. Sure. And and why I purchased it. So I was living in Southern California and pretty much all of, all of 2000 to 2010. And I had a sports car out there, but it wasn't very conducive to surfing. And I had all these surfboards and I had to put them in the front seat of the sports car. And if it got hot, wax would get all over everything. And so um, I traded that in and then I picked up a truck and I got the 2005 Toyota Tacoma 4x4. It's a four door, the, like the, the big double cab so you can pretty comfortably carry four, you know, adults in there. And then, but I got the short bed cause I wasn't thinking about truck camping in it. Right. So it was just basically a utilitarian vehicle that I could take to the beach. We could drive down to Baja, you know, take all our stuff with us and uh, go from there. And so um, it's a, it, it was just like the kind of the base model sport. It didn't have a tons of bells and whistles with it, but um, you know, it's, it's a good truck, 245 horsepower, I think. Okay. And it's, it's, it's run well. It's, so far I've got 282,000 miles on it. I just replaced the engine, cool. but uh, everything else on it's working great. Awesome. So what sort of pushed you into doing the nomad thing and yeah. how did your... Well, I, I'd always been, I'd always been drawn to camping. Uh -huh. I, I enjoy it. And most of the times what I would do is just drive somewhere and then either camp at a trailhead and hike in the morning or park at a trailhead and then backpack in, stay a couple nights and then come back out. And uh, when I had my truck, it was great. Um, and initially when I got my topper, it wasn't to, to, to sleep in it. It was to make sure my gear was locked up if I was at a trailhead so no one would steal it. Because mm -hmm. lots of times if you have a lot of gear, you, know, you, don't, you don't have it in your vehicle. Or you may be carrying other stuff in your truck, you know, on the, on, in, in the cab. 
So I didn't want people to be stealing stuff because I was experiencing that when I first started going out after I got back to Colorado from California. And um, so it was just basically a, a safety thing and, and a place to store gear initially. Then I did one trip to Moab and I was like, maybe I'll sleep in the back of my truck and see how this works. And I slept diagonally and I'm six feet tall and it's a five foot bed. So that was a pretty uncomfortable evening. But I still did get some decent sleep and I, I kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, huh, maybe I can just have something set up in the back here that's easy if I want to jam all day and like go right till sundown and then just pull it to a campsite and drop the tailgate and hop in and sleep. That started getting my wheels turning. And so um, the, the first, you know, the first thing was getting that topper. Then I started going through different lifts. I got a leveling kit for like the first rendition of my truck to see if I could raise it a little bit. Leveling kits are pretty useless. I mean, it's all it does is raise the front up. You have a rake on your truck. It's called a rake. Then uh, most vehicles have them to where the, the front wheels are down, like the suspension's down about a half inch. So all it does is raise it up, you know. Then if you want with the leveling kit, you can raise it a little bit more like another inch, but they're, they're not very good. Is it more aesthetic? leveling kits or is it yeah well useful? it's it's for people that want to want to start dabbling and maybe get it's like training wheels for a raise okay you know for getting a lift on your on your vehicle so do you have to have a leveling kit before you raise it um or is you know, it better too i think i think most leveling kits they're i think when you raise it i think you do have to do a leveling kit too but see my, my truck sits a little different oh. i've got heavy duty leaf springs in the rear and there, there's eight leaves on the on the leaf spring, and so they're they're Dakar's. It's um, uh, the, I got the old man emu three inch lift finally, and you know once I got rid of the um, <clears throat> leveling kit, and so on the back since I have those heavy duty leaf springs, it actually sets an inch higher in the back, okay. which suits me well because lots of times I'll have I'll have a bunch of uh, materials in the back and camping gear and things of that nature. It could be pretty heavy. And then that'll kind of balance it out and mm -hmm. squat the back end out. Yeah, because lots of times you'll see trucks, especially trucks rolling down the freeway and like their nose is like pointed up and they have like a lift, but the back is like sagging way down. You just don't want that. You okay. know, the, lots of times when I had the leveling kit, that would happen. And the rear of my truck would, would bottom out so on trails. How What percentage of the places that you camp in mm -hmm. could you get to if you didn't have your truck raised if mm -hmm. it were just a stock tacoma i would probably say i camp in some pretty gnarly areas these days so i would say about 60 percent of the places i go would be would not be accessible if i didn't have the, okay. the upgrades on my truck okay yeah interesting yeah well it's nice because like you know when i started getting into it Initially, like I said, it was just a leveling kit, and I thought, oh, this is fine, you know. I, I've got four-wheel drive and a little bit bigger tires, so I can pretty much go wherever I want. But I would I would get to these places, and I'd be like, oh, man, I can't go over there. I can't go over right. here. It's like, but I wanted to go into those sections, but maybe it's another 10 miles to, you know, a lake or, or whatever it may be. And so once I started getting a real lift, and I got the three-inch ARB Old Man Emu lift, um, that just opened everything up. And then I got 34 inch tires. I trimmed a little bit of the interior of the wheel wells in the front so my wheels wouldn't rub when I was, you know, um, if the tires were all the way to the left or the right. And once that happened, man, it's like I was getting to these areas that are just unreal. And, and a lot of places where people don't go because of the inaccessibility, it's just right. natural barriers with the trails being rough. Yeah, that's the same thing that we've noticed is the gnarlier trail you can go on, the fewer people that will only be there. <laughs> yeah, and also, too, it's like if you can get out of the cell range, like there's not a lot of people. Yeah. Everyone wants to stay within service. So let's see, what other modifications have you done to the truck, and which ones do you <clears throat> think are the most consequential or critical yeah i would say okay so uh, onboard water is huge and i've got that that road shower 
Uh, it's a five gallon road shower. It's a metal container that, that heats up with the sun. It's painted black. You can make your own out of PVC piping as well. So it just depends on. And it's just a metal tube. Yep, metal tube. And it, you can pressurize it. So I can get mine up to 25 PSI. It has a little, little bike knob on the back and you just put a pump in there and just pump it up. And having, having onboard like pressurized water is a game changer. It's you, you're doing dishes with it. You're taking showers. You're, you know, if I've given Sierra a bath with it, yeah. and I'd say it's one of those, one of the features that I have on my truck, other than like that actual lift that I use every day. It's like one of the add-ons that I use all the time. Okay. So that's, that's a game changer. And then the awning is huge. I mean, we know that from being here. It's, it's so freaking hot. Yeah. It's so nice. And the, the UV just kills you. And you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just throw up a tarp and I'll be good. Well, the tarp doesn't have a, some of them don't have an SPF rating. So you could throw up a tarp and even though you think you're in the shade, you're just getting, just getting hammered with UV rays all day. So the awning has been huge and that has a complete block in it. And then I've got a drop down room with it too. So if it's like monsoon season, then I can set up a full on like living room area and then I'll sleep in the back of my truck. That's so perfect. Yeah. It's That's, really convenient. The awning is totally a game changer. That's something that we've been trying to figure out how to do. Mm -hmm. But drilling into the scamps fiberglass is kind of sketchy. So it's... Yeah, you don't want to compromise on it. Yeah, it's kind of... We're trying to figure out the best way to do it before we start drilling into it. Yeah. So the lift kit, the awning. Mm -hmm. the, and what do the awnings run? You know, they... I think the there's a four foot by six foot awning that ARB... I'm just speaking of ARB products. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm familiar with with the pricing. Uh, but they are be four foot wide by six foot long one, I think is 178. And then the one that's six foot by eight foot is, I think, 239. Okay. And then the, the eight foot by eight foot, like with the one that I have, that one's 299. And does it come with all the mounting hardware and everything? No, you have to buy that separate. Okay. And so ARB has these mounting brackets, and they're kind of universal. It's just an L-shaped bracket, so you could probably... I mean, if you had forged, you know, like reinforced brackets, you could probably do it yourself. Um, but what I did was I drilled through the the holes on my roof, on my roof rack bars, and and mounted them in there with with bolts. Okay. And so that's not going anywhere. Cool. Yeah. So then on your roof rack, you have why do you have a basket versus like a hard top carrier or mm -hmm. whatever else a bag? Or? I had a hard top carrier when I first got out, uh -huh. and the problem was is that with the trails I go on, they're so tippy like this, my gear in the roof basket would punch holes into the plastic. So I went through that roof basket in four months. It was a Yakima and it's top of the line. It was a big one too, it was really awesome. And it was reinforced and that thing was beat up completely within four wow. months. So your gear just beat the crap out of it mm -hmm. on the inside. Yeah, and then it started punching holes in it. Like the, 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 if the hatchet would go on one side and then something else would hit it, it would, you know, it was, it was, there was enough force back and forth with the trails that I go on that that it totally beat it up. So I thought, well, um, you know, I don't want this obviously because it, it, it finally broke off when I was on the Slide Lake Trail. Mm -hmm. I was halfway up and then my whole gear carrier came off. And I was like, well, that sucks. And so I thought, well, if I go with the basket, then I can lay stuff in there and then bungee it down. Mm -hmm. And the basket's just so much, it's just bigger. You, know, you put and more stuff in it. You have a lot more um, tools and mm -hmm. like backcountry gear, like your saw, mm -hmm. and then you put I've, the thing that I've seen you use it for most is firewood. Yeah, definitely. I transport firewood with that. You can put, um, I'd say, if I'm winter camping, if I load up the entire top with like half of it being pinion pine, which burns a little bit faster, and then half of it being like a hardwood, say like cedar or black walnut, um, I could probably get a week's worth of 
burning and, and using my stove pretty consistently throughout the day with that much wood. It's nice in the summertime too, if you roll around, like you don't have to go scavenge for firewood. Like if you're staying in the same spot, you can just throw wood on the top and take it to another area and you're not going to hurt the environment. Yeah, that's so, a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And there's, and also too, you know, for the, for the trail work that I do, <clears throat> I, that's where I throw all my trash. So I'll, mm. I'll fill up a big bag of trash and then I throw it on the top, then tie that down and then I'll fill up another bag of trash when I'm running these trails and I go into all the dispersed campsites uh, you know past the campgrounds and clean out all those and clean out the fire pits and make sure there's no toilet paper all around and um, dig cat holes if needed to bury waste and things like that and it's amazing how quick how quickly that trash accumulates and like I don't want to put that on in the interior of my truck right or or in that's the just gnarly. yeah so or that, in the hardtop carrier that'd be gross yeah no so I was just thinking like that's perfect for it. and then I then when I'm done I have Lysol and I just Lysol everything down on the roof rack and I'm good okay yeah nice and then you've also talked about extend or you have over the whole top of your truck mm -hmm. you have um a gear rack right yeah and that's that's only doable because you have the um like like straight, the standard the, height yeah the standard yeah. height hard top <clears throat> yeah right like you're yeah i couldn't figure out a way i wanted to get a high-rise topper just for that extra six inches of room but i couldn't figure out a way to make it to where the roof rack would be consistent, consistently flat the whole way across. I guess you could sp put spacers on the front, but it looked weird with six inch spacers coming off the cab mm -hmm. to attach a roof rack mounting kit on to have the bars be the same height. And so with that awning that I have, since it's eight feet, eight feet long, it goes from the back of my uh, topper, you know, where, where, the, where the gate comes up, it goes all the way from back, all, almost all the way to the front, like pretty much all the way to where my window comes down on the driver's side. Um, about halfway up so it's that's a good distance and I couldn't mount that with just two on the back because it would pop off Okay, you know, so I want I had to have a mount on the front too because that thing Although it's only I think it's what 42 or 45 pounds You got to think like if you're on trails and it's like going like this It's gonna put tons of pressure on that fiberglass back there on the on, on the topper where the mounts come down with the roof rack and it might might start cracking it mm -hmm. so i did that to make sure the the, the low-rise topper kept everything in the same line the weight was dispersed mm -hmm. and so then, that would be that would give you more luxury in living but then you wouldn't have the capacity to do all the trail work and you wouldn't have the as big of an outdoor room yeah i think that i think that if i had that high-rise topper it definitely would compromise what i can carry up there you know, and it's a trade-off because, like you said, the high-rise was much more comfortable. Just six inches of headroom makes a huge difference when you're talking about... Because even sitting like this, you can't quite do it. Yeah, I can't so. go all the way up. Unless yeah. unless I'm not sitting on my sleeping pad, then I'm fine. Okay. But it's like, I'm always on the sleeping pad. You know, okay. it's comfortable. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a drawback, you know. But I wanted to keep that low profile as well. Because some of the trails that I go on are so tight... You couldn't even get a full-size vehicle up there so like the mid-size truck barely gets through and like there's rocks on both sides and you got like an inch on either one you know do you ever wish your truck was smaller yeah i mean i wish it was i wish it was like a four-wheeler because then you can go anywhere yeah you know but unfortunately um i haven't really found any good sleeping arrangements on a four-wheeler right. so, <laughs> yeah and they're not street legal you like the older tacomas for example uh, I think those are, are nice because they're they're a little bit smaller mm -hmm. and then the truck bed's still mm -hmm. long like you can still get a full yeah because if you get like the access i mean the, the the perfect setup in my mind for what i do would be kind of like what ryan shears has from desk to dirt bag mm -hmm. or uh you know the pickup truck camping guy mm -hmm. 
it'd be the access cab, first generation Tacoma access cab. So you have like, you know, your, your full front door and then a tiny back door for like some storage back down there. And then the long bed with the high-rise topper, that, that yeah. cascades up. Yeah. That, that doesn't like pop up like that, but has more like an angle of slipping right. up. Because it gives you like almost an extra foot. Or yeah, and, you, and it's like, I've seen people, they set it up to where that's where they sit in the back if it's raining or whatever, and then you can open up the back tailgate and have like an awning drop off. And they have a big, nice door on the back too, yeah. oftentimes. Those yeah. are so cool. Yeah, those are real nice. So what are you looking, or what what have been the iterations within the actual living space within your truck? Like, yeah, so the first, my first year, well, my first two years out actually, I was sleeping with the platform bed. And so I'm sure most people are familiar with it. If they've seen truck camping pictures or, or been associated with it all. Uh, in the Tacoma, it's real nice. In the truck bed, it's got these grooves for two by six planks to come across and make a platform. So it's got two of those in there. So all you do is just cut those to size and then take a, a piece of, I had three, three quarters inch plywood, treated plywood. You could probably do half inch and reduce weight. But I did three quarters inch, put it in there and then cut a slit down the middle. So it was two pieces. So if I ever need to break it down and pull it out, I could. Okay. So it was really convenient for the winter time because what I would do when I was in the four season tent was I would break down the platform bed, then line the whole interior of my topper with the tarp and then load all my firewood in there and then transport to camp. Okay. So why elevate your bed off of the truck bed itself? Uh, for storage underneath. So you store oh. all, so you have these tote bins and some people will build decks or there's actually a company called, I think it's called decks that has like a drawer system, but they're just for full-size trucks. I don't think they have them for Tacoma yet. But so what I did was I went to Walmart and there's those tote bins that are the plastic ones with rollers on it that have the pop-ups on both sides. Two of those fit perfectly underneath there. So one of them was like my cooking and gear and all that stuff. And the other one was clothes and everything that I had was in the back underneath that. So my entire cab was completely clear. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that you don't have a riser in the truck bed, mm -hmm. a lot of that gear is then in the back seat of your car, right? Yeah. And then what I did is I <clears throat> actually downsized again. So, so b before I, before I got to my current setup, I was testing out a possible tailgate pop-up. Like you drop your tailgate and then there could be something that would pop up from there and attach to the underside of your topper and it can make like a, a room for you. But I couldn't find a, I couldn't figure out anything that would be really hard sided and durable. So when I was back in Kansas visiting my parents, and when I started having all those truck issues with the engine going out and stuff, uh, I developed an idea of, of doing an actual slide out of of the uh, like on rollers. And so there's a couple different ways you can do it. The Tacoma has it to where you can bolt directly into the bed or directly into the frame from the bed. So I was thinking about making metal sliders from there that would come down, but the fabrication from it seemed a little bit excessive for just a test test out. And so I made it out of wood instead and then had the had drawer sliders on the underside of it and supported the weight with additional risers on the tailgate so that when I slide it on the tailgate, it stays on the same plane. And that's worked out really well. I, I like it because it's hard sided and I've insulated it. So when I, when I first got back here after I uh, had some engine repairs in Kansas, when I first got back out here, the first two days it snowed and I was in there and it was comfortable. I mean, like I was jamming, I was like, this is great. And so it's been a game changer as far as my comfort level because um, I was looking for a different solution due to the injuries that I've had. You know, the ruptured disc in my back, the knee, now my, uh, both knees now hurt me. And then um, I also tore my rotator cuff, but that was a long time ago. But if I sleep funny, it'll hurt my shoulder and then it kind of locks up throughout the day. And I was starting to experience that quite a bit with the platform bed because it was such a small space. I mean, it literally like, 
like like I've got plenty of practice for coughing living for the rest of the eternity, you know. So I'm I'm good. Like it's it's uh it was so cramped in there, but it was kind of weird too because it was kind of almost comforting. Like once you got used to it, it was like a little cubby hole. Yeah. You know, and I get in there and it was such a small space that you could vent the windows, you know, on either side I've got those slider windows. You could vent them even in really cold weather and it'd still be relatively warm with me and Sierra in there. Because it's such a small space. Mm -hmm. And it's insulated. That's like kind of how it is in here, too. Yeah. There's so little space to warm up. And, and two bodies and then a, an animal. It's like it kind of it keeps, you know, you don't realize how much uh, heat you produce until you're in a small space like that. And it's almost like you kind of maintain it yourself. Right. So th that was kind of a nice thing about it was that. And then also, too, like, like if I got to camp, see if I get to camp at 11 p.m., you know. And I know where I'm going, but I just it can't, you know, it's dark out, no, no full moon or nothing. It's just pitch black. It was nice to have that set up. I would always have it set up when I would break down in the morning and pack everything up to where I could just drop the tailgate and get in and, put, and close it and go to sleep. And having the option to do that is really nice. So that's where like a long bed comes into play. If I could do it over again, like I said, I do the access cab with the long bed and just have that set up all the time. And then you roll up to camp and you literally like as soon as you park your vehicle, you're set up. Yeah. That's nice. So what all do you have to do now when you get to camp? Yeah. So so now what I do is I've got the, the setup in the back uh, requires about five minutes of, of um, actual setup time to where it's fully good to go. And I'm working on a few different ways of packing it. I just have a new way that I'm testing out today to see how, how it's going to work. But roughly what I do is I get to camp. I'll, I'll pull the slide out extension back out over the tailgate. And if you're struggling <clears> to imagine this still... It's like a little um, box that fits perfectly to the contour of the tr topper and the truck bed. Mm -hmm. And it slides out like an extra two feet. Yeah, it's about, it's roughly 20, 22 inches, so okay. just less than two so feet. Just less than two feet. And it slides out over the... Um, what's the, the tailgate. The tailgate that's folded down. Yeah, and it goes right to the end of the tailgate. And then you have... The topper <clears throat> lid mm -hmm. sits up on top of it. Yeah, like the window, the, the gate window, uh, just comes right down and is flush with it. So that provides some extra weatherproofing, which is great. And then for the inside, the way that I seal it is there's still a little gap, even though it's contoured to fit that interior of the topper. Uh, when you slide it out, there's still a little bit of a gap around it. So I used a 4-inch foam air conditioning seal that's just real uh, cushy. So you just kind of squeeze it down and then tuck it into those gaps. That's a great weather barrier and also a great bug barrier. Because mm. when you have the lights on at night, I have the BioLite Solar Home 620 as my lighting solution for the interior and then also the exterior motion sensor light for security. And if you have those lights on in there and you don't have the weather seal, it's like just invites all those mosquitoes and bugs in. Yeah. It drives you nuts. Yeah, we've been having issues with bugs lately, especially yeah. in the sun, it's flies, and in the shade, it's mosquitoes. Yeah, and you know, little gnats. Yeah, you can't escape them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's um, that setup's working real well, and it's and it's like I said, I I got I was in snow the first two days I was here, and the, all of the the what the waterproofing seams work, um, the window that I cut in there and then put the weather sealing in it that all works. There's no leaks or anything. Awesome. And uh, I'm I'm real pleased. It looks really cool too. Oh thanks. Like yeah. It looks professional. Well, I think that using that that vinyl that looks like um, it, it's aluminized vinyl, which is. I don't know how that's possible, but uh, <laughs> it's it's really easy to work with. You can just you can just bend it around real simple and, and then it screw looks it in like place. Plate. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And what's what's great about it is that's a hundred percent weather barrier. Right. You know, nothing's getting it through that. For and sure. it's it's worked pretty well so far. 
Um, so your build is specific to the mountains. Yes. What, uh, like mm -hmm. if you were giving somebody advice mm -hmm. on any rig, how do you make it work in the mountains or which things yeah. are the most important for you in the mountains or which tools do you use the most? Or? I would say, you know, your first, your first one, you're going to want to address the basics initially. And I would say, go, go for your lift and your tires and wheels first, yeah. because typically when you get a lift, you can get a bigger wheel and that way you can get a bigger tire. Yeah. And so I think the Tacoma, if I remember correctly, I think it came with 16 inch wheels. It may have been 17 inch. I'm not sure. But right now I've got 17 inch wheels on mine. They're pro comp. Uh, it's a great, great wheel. And then I have 34 inch tires. I, I went with all terrain. And the reason why I went with all terrain is there's not that much mud in Colorado. Okay. Okay. So like you're not going to be on trails like, like when I was back, when I lived back in the Midwest, some of them are just mud bogs. That's what you do. You know, you go through it and, but that's not what, that's not what's going on here in Colorado. Most of the trails in Colorado are old mining roads. <clears throat> so they're pretty rugged okay. and they, and they lead to spectacular areas. So that's the reason why Colorado has so much accessible backcountry is that those are mining roads. And typically those mining roads were made with, with what's called wagon wheel money back before there were you know cars doing stuff. So it was public money. And so you can't technically shut those down. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's why when you come here, it's like, man, you can access whatever. So, but those trails, I mean, you got to think they're back there with like rock picks and stuff like that, making it to where they can get some sort of transportation over it. It's not like a paved road. I mean, it's, it's gnarly. So you get, you'll need the upgraded suspension. I'd say a minimum of a three inch lift. You know, if you want to go to, to, to access some really great places. But you could also in like a stock Tacoma mm -hmm. access you could access Nearly a lot of things. Eighty percent of those yeah. areas. Yeah, but you got to think like, so everybody else with a stock vehicle that has four can. Also can go get, there. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends. It really depends on what you want to do. Like if that's if if that accesses the places that you you're that that you want to go access, then you don't need it. You right. know, you don't need to do the upgrades because it can get expensive. But <clears> since you're doing so much trail work and stuff, you're mm -hmm. actually on these gnar gnarly off-road vehicle like four by four only trails mm -hmm. and that's where you're doing your cleanups and stuff yeah and that's like that's i'm out there i, I usually go out five to six days a week um okay. and and do that full but full if time. you weren't doing that all mm -hmm. the time I yeah think almost, i don't think it's almost like excessive to have mm -hmm. that much clearance you know i think the three inch lift though you know for what we're talking about it's more of like a it's like an insurance that you don't screw up your undercarriage. Right. Because you knock a hole, a hole in your oil, oil pan or, you, or you, you wreck your differential. You're talking about a heck of a lot more than just a $1,000 lift. Right. You know, so I look at it as... It's kind of like insurance. Yeah, or just like kind of kind of like it limits limits the exposure to those risks. Sure. But then also, too, you got to know how to drive. I mean, you know, if you're back there doing Dukes of Hazard stuff, it doesn't matter what you have in your vehicle. You're screwed up. Right. So, and you also screw up the trails too. Another thing to think about with lifts is, um, like the handling mm -hmm. is manipulated a little bit. Yep. And especially, the, especially if you have spacer blocks. And the geometry of the struts and stuff mm -hmm. is often thrown off. Yep. So sometimes that'll lead to further issues. And, and so it's something to consider. Yeah. And it's really hard to balance the tires once they get past a certain size. Okay. Like it's just that there's like a special machine that that look that is that they do it with and there's not many shops that because have they're so heavy or? yeah and they're so big and okay. so it's like you know 34 inch tires you got to think that's a lot more rubber going like this with the centrifugal force than 
a 29 inch tire sure you know and the tread on it's so much bigger i mean like the walls on mine are three ply and that's some some tires are three ply my walls are three ply that okay. way if i hit a rock on the side wall it's not going to punch a hole in my tire that's something that we should do for the subi is yeah. get beefier tires it's just for insurance yeah know? and i mean if you're going to start with something and say you don't have the money for a lift or if you don't need to access some of those hard to reach areas and you don't think it's necessary to get a lift then invest in some really good tires and yeah that that, that really yeah yeah i mean you get some all-terrain tires that have a good tread on them you can go you you'd be surprised how yeah, much that you changes can often fit a little bit bigger tire into the stock wheel well yeah without it, getting a lift you can go like a little bit bigger mm -hmm. and get like a more off the terrain or off road sort of setup going yeah because you think about it if you can get a tire that's one or two inches bigger than what you currently have that's a half inch to an inch lift mm -hmm. yeah depending on the tire size and so uh, that that helps. I mean, yeah. just that little one inch. Yeah, because you know? that's if you're talking. I don't know. That's a good amount of clearance. Like every mm -hmm. inch is significant. Yeah. For sure. So so if so after the basics, once you hit that up, and and say you want to do something similar to what I'm doing, then I would say you know get your lift dialed in and then get a topper and make sure to get the one uh, or or get the option package, which is the insulation, because that will open up so much more stuff. Um, you got to think about the topper as just basically like a big cooler. Um, it's just plastic, and if you some of the truck beds are plastic as well, so you're basically sitting in a big cooler. So if it's real hot out, it's going to be hot in there. If it's real cold, it's going to be cold. But if you have the insulation package, you can block off your windows in the summertime and the intense heat, and it'll still stay relatively cool inside the topper. And in the wintertime, if you have that insulation package, your body heat, like we were just talking about, along with you, if you have an animal or another partner in there with you, uh, is going to keep it real warm. And so that's worth its weight in gold. And it will also help to absorb some of the moisture that happens if you're heating, if with like propane inside of your topper, which some people will do that periodically just to do spot heat during the wintertime. That'll help absorb some of that moisture and then it slowly evaporates. Otherwise, it can like coat the interior of your topper and cause condensation issues. Hmm. So That's been something that we struggled with, heating with propane. Yeah. That's it's, why we're pushing for wood fire for sure. Yeah, it's just the wood fire is great. It doesn't produce any of the of that moisture problem. Yeah, it does the opposite actually. Yeah, it Sucks actually dries, yeah, it dries it out. Um, are there any changes that you're going to make like going forward? Like what, yeah. what else is, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. the truck is I'm, never ending. I know, dude. I think it's going to be like a Mad Max machine before I'm done. <laughs> um, what, I'm, I'm getting a, a winch. Uh, probably have that installed by next week. So that'll be great. And the winch is more for self-recovery since I'm out solo all the time. Um, you know, you want to have it to where if I accidentally go off trail or if a trail gives out, which that happens, uh, I can winch off on a tree and pull myself out of a ditch or, or wherever it would be. I can also help other people, which is great. And so if I come across someone who maybe broke down or they got stuck or whatever, I could assist in helping them get out. And then the third thing is, is for the trail work, it's really useful to have a winch to winch rocks and, and natural resource material. When I say natural resource, I mean like, you know, dead trees or, or rocks or stumps or whatever it may be to pull those into areas. So people don't try to go off trail and drive through sensitive meadows. Uh, that's what I met with the Forest Service about last week up in Leadville, and we put together a game plan to make sure that one of our one of my adopted trails doesn't have that continue to happen because it's happening this year. It's never happened in the last twenty years, and for whatever reason, this year it's just really ramped up. I feel like one person does it, like one person goes off trail, and, and then it just invites, trash, yeah, and they think, oh heck, that's a that's a section. I'm going to go through there, and yeah. they're just causing resource damage like crazy. A lot of it's uneducated people, and I think some of it's intentional. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so, so that the winch, uh, I want to do a rear bumper cause the bumper I have on the, there right now is stock. Um, just replace that. The stock bumper is just, it's just getting old. Yeah. Kind of backed up into a few boulders in my day and starting to get pretty rusted yeah. out. So that, and then I want to figure out the battery solution. I was going to go the dual battery route, but then I saw this guy online who actually had an, an AGM battery that he would pull from during the night. And then if it ever ran out, he just had a, a jump box that would start his engine in the morning when he, when he turned the crank and then your battery would charge back up. So I was thinking about doing something like that. It's much more simple and doesn't require as much space inside the compacted area underneath the hood of the Tacoma. But I'm not quite positive what I'll do with that yet. But I do have a 750 watt inverter, which I'll hook up to the when I when I want to do it. Right now I have a 400 watt inverter in the truck, but it only is active when I'm running the vehicle. Okay. And so it does, it's not conducive for one of my camp. What about like what we have, like one of the Goal Zero systems? That's good. Um, and those are, those are awesome. And I still may get like a 150 or something like that. But I want to have something for my truck to be able to jump it in case the battery drains. Okay. So that's more of like a, then that self-recovery thing as well. Sure. So it's great having onboard power, but if it's not mobile and you can't pull it out of your vehicle and say you need to charge something when you're not at your vehicle you know that's where the the goal zero yeti would come into play right yeah and then i think i'm going to stick with the solar shower that i have for now i may upgrade in the future for a little bit larger size i think they have a seven gallon and a 10 gallon one now it'd be nice to have the seven gallon the okay. five I, I run through it pretty quick okay and then for the interior i'm planning on redoing the stereo there's a new stereo that came out that fits the tacoma which has full interactive like dvd backup camera satellite uh, stereo all that stuff and so i want that um just because the stereo and there's really limiting and it's like when i drive so much it'd be nice to have podcasts throughout instead of having to listen on headphones sure and then for the for the back i think with the build out that i did i'm gonna make the door bigger like the door right now is oh, a little tight yeah and if i can make it to where it was almost the full size of the slide out as like just a big door that you know swings open to the left or the right if i was able to do that it'd be much easier to get in and out and also load gear because hmm. right now it's like it's it's kind of nice kind of like a nice little cubby hole in there but, but it's, it's kind like of a two by two sort of door right? yeah i made it 30 inches across and that's just not enough okay so um i do like the window in it i'll probably update it to where i can slide it open so i can get better airflow and then the last thing I'll do is add that drop-down TV from the roof, like I was talking about. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, yeah. So what I figured was that, you know, with the traveling that I plan to do next year, I don't plan to stay as um, rooted in central Colorado. I plan to go all over, like, the tri-state area. So what I figured was, like, if I'm close to any any town that has, like, a radio or a TV broadcast, I could use an HD antenna and have it somehow wired to my roof rack and then i can have a drop down tv that when i pull the slide out out the where the slide out meets the back of the topper i could have a tv mounted on the underside that could just flip down and then the hd antenna you know would power that if i'm like close to somewhere and i want to watch college football or something okay. like that i like college but I'm, I'm not looking to get back in tv it's just i i wanted to have it just in case if i ever need to plug into something but also i could use it for editing yeah. And and that that's one of the bigger things, and also for like a, like a like a tiny mini home theater system inside my truck, 
and then I'm gonna on on the back side that's the of the of the like the inside of the topper that's closest to the cab. I'm gonna build shelves on either side of those, like in the corner areas because there's like dead space right in there. Okay. So I could have cubby hole shelves to put stuff in there and maybe some speakers, um, for a surround sound system. Cool. Yeah. And then I power all that through the battery. So I gotta figure out the battery first. Okay. And then I power all that stuff. Cool. So that's it right now. And then also a CB radio. I want to add that. And um, and then a full size spare over the front, like over the cab. I'm gonna put another roof rack bar, and then put another put a little tiny basket up there that holds a full size spare. So if I ever pop a tire in the back country, I can swap it out. Okay. Yeah. And you have a WeBoost in your mm -hmm. truck too, right? Yeah, that thing's incredible. So how does that work exactly? So it's a it's a cell phone booster and. Apparently, I guess the cell phone booster industry is full of a bunch of frauds. Like, mm. there's a bunch of companies out there that say they have boosters, but they don't work. This one works, and I was uh, I was hooked up with them. Let's see, they messaged me. Well, they messaged me when I was in the cabin this past winter, and it was about a month before I left, and said, "Hey, you know, we know that you're in your truck all the time. Would you be interested in in trying this out? And we'll give you a booster at no charge." I said, "Yeah, sure. I'll I'll do a review on that." And the cabin where, I, where, where I'm at doesn't have any service, but every once in a while, if you have a cell phone, you'll get like a tiny, like it'll register on the network. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's something that you're just right on the fringe of like being able to get a bar or two, you know, okay. but you never get that much. You just, I'll see an AT&T come up every once in a while and then I'll go back to no service and then kick up AT&T. So I figured, I'm like, well, if the booster works out here, then it's legit. And I turned it on and within the first 45 seconds, it went up to three bars of 4G. And I was like, no way, I can sit here. So I turned the booster on in my truck, put the cell phone in the window of the cabin, and then create a hotspot and work on my computer. And then From the cabin? From the cabin. Yeah. Whoa, we yeah. live in the future. Yeah. That's so cool. And then now it's been great for the trail work. I mean, even though I've, my truck's been in the shop so much, I've been getting out this past week, into, or week or two since I've had it back. And areas where I haven't had reception on a trail... Like I'll have just certain sections where I'll have reception, like maybe a lookout area that looks into the valley or something. Those trails now, I have I have service on the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, and it's like legit service. I pick up the phone, call a moment's notice, and it connects. So it's not like it's a phantom 4G connection. And you know? yours is omnidirectional, your antenna. Yeah, it's a little one. It maybe sticks up about two or three inches on the. Uh, it just put on top of my cab, and it's just one of the, it's a real hard one. So it's not like the one of the flimsy ones that bounce around. And um, I think the omnidirectional, it's not as powerful as the ones that you can point to certain cell towers, but since I'm traveling so much, it's perfect for what right. I do because I wouldn't be able to recalibrate that all the time. Exactly. And, and it's a, uh, I, I, I love it. It's, it's legit. My data seems faster too. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed that with your, when I you create a wireless hotspot. It seems like, um, so I think part of it is that we're getting so much farther out into the backcountry with it. Mm -hmm. And since. <clears throat> There probably isn't a lot of competition on those towers mm -hmm. for bandwidth. The throughput is higher. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I've like, noticed when there's when there's like town festivals, man, it's like my data goes in the toilet. Right. And my, I, sometimes I can't even make a call. There's too many people on the But network. then if you drive outside of town mm -hmm. and get on a different tower, then you have throughput. I see what you're saying. So that could be part of it. Yeah. Well, we're fortunate, too, to live in an area where, or to, or to camp in an area where there's so much line of sight into town. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, you just go up on the hills anywhere around the valley, and you can look into the you can right. look into the valley and get service. So, but I, I I like it. It's it's great. It's a good product, and I'd recommend it. Yeah, we love ours too. It's yeah. been a game changer. Yeah, and then as far as future stuff, I want to I want to continue testing out the the slide out. There's like I said, there's some changes I want to make. They're not too big at the moment, but then figure out a better winter setup for that, and 
possibly think about building another sort of topper for myself down the line. Um, while I'm doing trail work, I think it's important just to keep that same level of plane so I can have the accessibility of carrying so much gear on top. But once those trail days are over, because you know, my body's starting to break down and I can't do it forever, um, I'll, I'll definitely modify it and possibly even make like a full-size full, full size one that I could stand up in the back. Maybe some sort of a miniature pop-up or a full pop-up. I don't know. Okay. No. But you not, would you ever get a thing to tow? Like a... I don't know. I, I mean... I see the advantages to it. Obviously, there's huge advantages to towing something because you would have something you could set up and you could drive away from. Mm-hmm. You know, and then those tow trailers, most of them now come with a lift and big tires. I saw one the other day. It's like I think it had like a like 33 inch tires on it. So if you had a truck or a Jeep with 33 inch tires and a three inch lift, it'd sit level with you. Yeah, which that's great. That's what you want. Yeah. And like the runaway campers and the hiker mm-hmm. trailers or hiker campers. Yeah, like those things. And, like, yeah. um, there's, like, a, a Colorado Trailers makes one. Um, I've seen a bunch of different companies make them. And you can make your own, too. Heck, you can buy those old Army trailers yeah. and make one yourself. But those things are really heavy. Yeah. That's the only thing you want to think about. And so there's that. those are the advantages. And then you carry more gear. You know, you don't have the gear inside your vehicle, all those things. Uh, the disadvantages are they're really expensive. Yeah. Um, I've seen trailers go for as high as twelve grand for a trailer with like a pop-up tent on it. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, okay, that's just a trailer with a $3,000 a $3, tent. So is that trailer worth nine grand? Probably not. Yeah. You know? And there, you got to think about those things. Another thing you want to think about it is that people say, oh, it can go anywhere. No, it can't. Like it's yeah. going to limit your mobility. You got to think about your turning radius and all those things. And if you have to back up on a really tight trail... You know, good luck. That's difficult. That's gonna be real difficult, and so that's the that those are two of the drawbacks that that I see, and and also too, I just think that if you're set up and you have your vehicle set up for full time living, and then or you or you have that capability, and then you're towing a trailer, if you go somewhere and you want to stay there, but you left your trailer back at this location, like you gotta come back and get it. Yeah. And to me, that seems like that would happen to me. I get up in somewhere and I'm like, oh, and I just freak out. Yeah. And I and I want to stay there for you know eternity, and then. Then I'd have to go back down and get my trailer or, or whatever. And it just seems to, if, if you, the more compact that you are, the easier it is to travel in this environment. I think if if I didn't have a partner with me, I would be in the same situation, or like a very similar situation to yours. I would probably get a little bit mm-hmm. taller um, uh, a topper mm-hmm. just for more space because I the roof rack wouldn't be as important to me. Yeah. But Dude, my buddy Leo he, seems like the way to go. Yeah, my buddy Leo got this Tundra and I think it's like an 06 or 07 Tundra. So that was before they got Giant? Yeah, and uh, and for two years, I can't remember what year it is. I think it's either 04 and 05 or 06 and 07. But they, they made it to where the bed in it was six inches deeper than the rest of them. Hmm. So what he did was he got that one. It's a full-size truck, but it's smaller. It's not as big as, like, the big tundras now. The, the t- big tundras now are huge. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be tough on trails. But his is a little bit smaller than that, and so he's got the, 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 the platform bed with six inches of space, and then that which is on par of level with everybody else's tundra bed. So that he doesn't have to – he's not cutting out any space technically from, like, a, a standard tundra. Then he has all that space above. He can sit up fully in there. He has a full queen-size bed in the back. He has tons of gear underneath for storage space. Wow. And uh, it's a, that's a that's a heck of a, a rig. You'll have to check it out. He has the high-rise one, though, in the back. Okay. You know? And so it's just amazing, <clears throat> all the room that he has. So it's like, you know, you, you don't have to go to, like, the new full-size, which is so big, that I think would be limiting on the trails. You can go, like, the, <clears throat> the, the generation back or, or two of the tundra, and you're solid. I mean, that's a lot more room. It's not as big as the full ones now, so you can still go on a lot of trails. 
And you got to think like if it's a brand new vehicle, you're not going to find that many back uh, that many aftermarket part, aftermarket parts for it or upgrades. Uh, the one thing I like about the Tacoma is it's second only to Jeep as far as aftermarket upgrades. So anything you want, any direction you want to go, you can pretty much do it. You just gotta have the money. Yeah. <laughs> Therein lies Heavy the rub. On that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it requires a lot of money. Yeah. So I'd say total investment in my truck with just the gear and uh, upgrades and the topper and all the different things that I've done to it has probably been around twelve thousand. Okay. So. So that's. How much? That's without the truck's base price, right? Correct. Yeah, that's okay. and that includes labor too. Like if you know how to do a lot of the stuff yourself, or if you have a full garage, you can cut that in half. Yeah, <clears throat> labor is the majority of it. Well, labor I'd say is about fifty percent. Yeah. So the reason why I'm testing out all these different setups and thinking of different ways to make improvements and variations is that I want to drive from Colorado to the tip of South America in 2023. And so I'm trying to flush out all these different ideas of how to stay somewhat inconspicuous, although my rig is not inconspicuous right now, it's pretty tricked out, but maybe dumb it down a little bit and have a sleeping setup that is really functional and safe. That's the biggest thing I want is safety and security. And then jam down there and see, see how the trip goes. So I think that when that does happen, I can get smaller tires. I don't need as big as what I have now. I'll improve gas mileage and also handling. I'll still keep the same lift, so that won't go away. So I'll still have that capability. And then look at maybe, you know, a few other changes to it. That'll make it more livable. Because that's going to be a heck of a trip. That's quite a drive. Well, I want to volunteer the whole way down. So I want to mm -hmm. hook up with different nature preserves in different countries. And then work on those for a bit and just volunteer for like a week. Cool. get to know people and then move on to the next one so i'm going to give myself a year for the whole trip so you'll be surfing a bunch too mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna take my boards with me cool. i've got this awesome um it's a six foot i think it's i think it's dave christensen i'll have to I'll have to look up but it's it's christensen boards out of southern california and it's a it's an old type of board where it's the twin fin thruster so it's got two big fins on the bottom but they're glassed in they're not removable so it's like the old 70s style board, but it's like one and three quarter inch thick. So it's like, it floats super well. You can catch anything with it. Wow. They call it a fish. And that's pretty short still too. Yeah. And so it's awesome. You literally, it's a wave catching machine. You can do probably 90% of the waves out there with it. Hmm. So it's great for anything, you know? Um, so I'm going to take that with me and go down there. And, and I've got some friends too. Like I have some friends in Costa Rica. I've got a friend in Ecuador right now. I've got a friend in Peru and then another friend in Argentina. So cool. probably hang with them a bit too. Right on. That's no. awesome. I'm excited, man. It's going to be cool. What kind of changes besides a little bit smaller tires will you do the to the truck? Mm, you know, I'll keep the bumpers and everything, but I may get rid of the awning, may get rid of the roof rack, because I won't be needing like a, like a uh, to carry that sort of gear. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going down there, uh, if I'm volunteering... It's like warmer weather gear. Yeah, and, and the great thing about that is warmer weather gear is typically so much smaller. Mm -hmm. You know, all of my backpacking stuff... If I had it, if I had my choice, I'd be in an environment to where all I use was my backpacking gear for full-time truck camping and for backpacking because it's so small. Everything fits in my backpack and it's set. Right. So if I could get to, if I could get an environment like that to where it's warm all the time and I had literally minimal gear, it'd make travel almost a cinch. Yeah. And so I could get rid of the awning. I keep the solar shower, you know, uh, probably keep the roof basket, but don't have the tools up there so it wouldn't draw attention to it. Take off all the stickers. You know, and just make it look like a Toyota that has a nice lift. Mm -hmm. That's it. Cool. I'm excited for that to happen. Yeah. And then I'm, like, my current plans, though, are 
you know, I'm redoing the stickers on the side of my truck, the decals. <clears throat> I'm going to put the Colorado Backcountry Adventures logo on the side. And then I'm going to put, and I can't, I can't, I can't really decide if I want to do it on the doors, on the underside of the doors or up on the windows of the topper. But I'm going to put off-grid adventures powered by BioLite, hmm. since I'm working with them, and you, know, you are too. Yeah. Since we're working with them so heavily these days. And then also that opportunity with Merrill is coming up in two weeks. So I'll be meeting their their marketing team, and you will as well, when yeah. we go work on the Slide Lake stuff. So I want to feature the companies that I'm working with in the meantime until I head out. Sure. And um, there's a couple other other companies I'm talking to as well. But mm -hmm. I'll put WeBoost on there, and then if things work out with Merrill, I'll put that on there as well. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Because I want the truck to, I want it to draw attention and I want it to be like, I'll be in the backcountry picking up trash and I want people to see that truck and be like, okay, just because it's, you know, looks like a monster truck or whatever, doesn't mean that guy's out mudding every day. Right. You know, he's out, do, he's out doing trail work and picking up trash and that's an admirable thing. So maybe my preconceived notion about somebody who has a lifted truck is incorrect. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. So I, I just want people to just to think about that. Yeah. So Cool. Are, are there any other things within the scope of the truck that you want to dive into no the the only other thing that i've been kicking around is making a donut pass through from the from the back seat into the because oh. you can buy a donut that attaches to both of it and it's flexible and so it's made out of rubber and it attaches to one window seam and then the other window seam and you take the windows out in the back and then i could just if i wanted to i could hop in the back but the disadvantage of that is i still have to get out to slide do the slide out okay so it, it, that doesn't really make sense other than to heat and cool it that makes sense. Yeah, because mm. like when I when I first got out here and it was snowing, I did make a little donut just to, just from the windows that, that line up in the back, and I heated the interior of my topper with a heater before I went to bed and it stayed warm all night. Just with the truck heater. Mm -hmm. That would be really nice. Yeah, it was real nice. And then it'd be great for now, I mean, if you're sitting in there and you could do air conditioning. Yeah. So the idea with that is, is if I do get the donut and I'm in there and it's all set up, I can have, an, I can have a remote starter for my truck and then have the temperature gauge set to what i want if i need it to go and then i can just have yeah I can, that would be incredible yeah it wouldn't be the same as like automatic air conditioning or automatic heating but it'd be that on demand just to take the edge off mm -hmm. in the middle of the night or whatever that would be super nice yeah especially or, with the ac going down south in a few years that yeah would be really that'd be, helpful that'd be huge and it's bug proof and all that stuff and waterproof so hmm. we'll see and this is just a donut seal that goes between the uh, topper and the cab yep. of the truck. Definitely. So, cool. yeah, but other than that, you know, the, that's pretty much what the vision that I have for the truck. And I'll see, I'll flush those ideas out and then I'll have everything dialed in probably, I want to be dialed in uh, 100% a year prior to me leaving hmm. for South America. And just be working with the just, setup that you're going to have. Yeah, and also, and also uh, we're considering developing a film series about it, about my travels. And so, uh, talking with different uh, corporate sponsors for that during the time cool yeah to get right them exposure on. that sounds awesome yeah i'm excited man the life's awesome these days yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. excited for the future it's, it's working yeah definitely well cool do you want to wrap this one up we're yeah pushing up on an hour here yeah i need to run into town and get a few things done my dad's coming to visit today oh, so yeah cool. i need to go take care of a few and things. i got nomad notes to do cool I oh yeah signed up sign up for that it's uh if you go to my site it's normal the number two nomad.com and then just in the top uh there's a little banner that you can click or it's in the navigation as well and just sign up it's like a weekly um email list that i just put like some pictures and things that we figured out and whatever's going on and that kind of thing it's kind of cool 
And I'd, I'd invite you to my newsletter, but I don't have one. So <laughs> I've been slacking on that. I, I keep thinking about doing it, but then I'm like, I don't know. I'll just, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. So anyway, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you got any questions, definitely hit us up. Uh, my email is Brian at Colorado backcountry adventures.com. And mine's barrenlink at gmail.com. And, and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, shoot us a message and ask us any questions you'd like, and we'll give you a shout-out on the next podcast. And record your questions for yeah. our next podcast because we've gotten a couple so far. So on the next one, we're going to have a Q&A section. Yeah, we'd love to do the audio. So if you record it and send it in, then we can include that with the podcast yeah. itself. Get you a little bit of airtime, we'll if you will. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Bye.